Good morning, everybody. All right, so it's uh, it is Saturday, November seventh, twenty twenty, at eight thirty a.m. Mountain Time. It is go time for sip and study Bible study, and today we are looking at Nehemiah chapter seven. Um, basically the entirety of that. Man, my keyboard and mouse are not working well this morning. All right, well. we'll Figure it out and make it work. So Nehemiah uh, chapter 7. So we're doing chapter 7, verses 5 to verse 73. Yes, that is an incredibly long, incredibly long section. uh, And one where I will be fumbling and stumbling as we go. This is a a section of almost straight genealogy, which is going to be interesting. You all know how well I pronounce Hebrew and Hebrew names specifically. So yeah, it's going to be a great, great time. Uh, but we'll, we'll still have a good time with this and there's lots to learn. Um, we're going to do this one a little bit differently because it is almost exclusively genealogy in this and, and a listing of the people who had come. Uh, we're, we're going to study this one just a little bit differently. So as we're reading through it, if there's things to talk about, we'll stop, we'll pause and we'll go ahead and, and discuss that on the spot. And then uh, we'll just get through the text and we'll, we'll grab what we glean from it and we'll, we'll be done. So we're not going to actually read the text and then dissect it. We're going to dissect it as we go because there's really there's really not a lot of dissecting that's going to happen this week. Because it's, again, it's a list of names and amounts of people. So we'll be good. Hey, Bruno. All right. So the the family's out raking leaves right now. Um, I guess I, I kind of get out of it for a little bit. Not really out of it, but I uh, postponed it. <laughs> Postponing the, uh, the the labor. So it'll be good. Uh, so let's let's go ahead and dig into this. It's it's an interesting thing this week. So wasn't exactly sure how we wanted to do this, but I think this is I think this is the best way to do it. All right. So then my God put it into my heart to assemble the nobles and the officials and the people to be enrolled by genealogy. And I found the book of the genealogy of those who came up at first and I found written in it. Now here we're going to pause. One of a few sections we're going to pause. Okay, so God's putting it on Nehemiah to take account and take record. Okay, to take record of who had been there, who, who came up what the family lines were basically, what groups they were with, uh, which of the tribes they were with essentially, and and to go from there. So that he has an account and an accord of what's going on. So basically, take a census. He wants to have an idea, and God's put it on him to have an idea of who's there. So they also know who's not there, right? Who did they lose, unfortunately? Um, who hasn't come back yet? Who haven't they been able to get back? And, and who came back at what point? Okay. Now, if you read Ezra, you'll notice that Ezra had a very similar calling and Ezra had already taken notes. Okay. So there was a list actually done by Ezra. There were other lists that were kind of done. This specific list that we're about to go through is, I I can't say identical to Ezra's. It's really close. It's really, really close to Ezra's. There's a few, uh, there's a few variances in numbers. And these numbers are most likely, so through the uh, research that I've been able to do on this, most likely uh, the differences in the numbers here are due to compiling multiple lists, right? Either he's found Ezra's list and found some other older lists or different documentations, 
or because he's pulled the nobles and other everyone else together, these numbers slightly shifted due to deaths and births during that process during those early days as well. So some of this might be um, a little bit more of a compilation. So it's more of a compiled and composed list than potentially the list that you see in Ezra. Now remember from our earlier discussion on, on the first week, Ezra and Nehemiah in the Hebrew text is a single book, right? This is a single text. But it's been separated for us because it's based on two different stories that, yes, they intermingle and they they work together. It's the same time frame, same area, same thing, but they're two different stories. They're, they're history, right? But they're two different stories of history. And so because of that, they're, they're sp- spread a little bit. So what we're looking at here in the Nehemiah story is something that's most likely a little bit more compiled and a little bit more well-finished, okay? Now we'll get back into this. Verse 6. So these were the people of the province who came up out of the captivity of those exiles whom Nebuchadnezzar, the king of Babylon, had carried into exile. They returned to Jerusalem and Judah, each to his town. They came with Zerubbabel, Yeshua, Nehemiah, Azariah, Remiah, I told you this is going to be fun. Nahamini, Mordecai, Bilshan, Miss Peth, Miss Pereth, Bigvai, Nahum, and Bena. The number of men of the people of Israel, eight sons of Porosh. So the eight sons of Porosh, there was 2,172. Nine sons of Shephatiah, 372. Oh, excuse me. I'm sorry. I'm reading the verse numbers. Wow. It is because I'm already looking for numbers. All right. The sons of Perosh, 2172. The sons of, of uh, Shevatiah, 372. The sons of Era, 652. The sons of Patho Moab, namely the sons of Yeshua and Job, uh, Joab, excuse me, 2818. The sons of Elam, 1254. The sons of Zatu, 845. The sons of Zekiah, Zekai, 760. The sons of Benoi, 648. The sons of Babai, 628. The sons of Asgad, 2322. The sons of Adon, excuse me, Adon Ekam, 667. The sons of Bigvai, 2067. The sons of Aden, 655. The sons of Atur, namely Hezekiah, 98. The sons of Heshem, 328. The sons of Bazai, 324. The sons of Harif, 112. The sons of Gibeon, 95. The sons of Bethlehem and Netoepha. Netoepha. Man, that's a fun one. All right. 188. The men, notice that it changes here. This is kind of an interesting thing that it changes from the sons to the men. The men of, the men of Anathoth. 128, the men of Beth Azmebeth, 42. So a small group there. The men of Kireth Jerim, Chephire, I'm just going to keep going. Beroth, 743. The men of Ramah and Geba, 621. The men of Michmas, 122. The men of Bethel and Ai, 123. The men of the other Nebo, 52. The sons of the other Alam, 1254. The sons of Harim, 320. The sons of Jericho, 345. The sons of Lod, 
Hadid and Ono. Remember Ono from the other one, right? There was the town of Ono, so this is an Ono. 721, the sons of Sinea, or excuse me, Sinea, is 3930. The priests, the sons of Judiah, namely the house of Yeshua, is 973. The sons of Amir, 1052. The sons of Peshur, 1247. The sons of Hirim, 1017. The Levites, the sons of Yeshua, namely Kedmiel, the sons of Hadova, 74. The singers, the sons of Asaph, 148. The gatekeepers, the sons of Shalom, the sons of Atir, the sons of Talmon, the sons of Akub, the sons of Hitata, excuse me, the sons of Shobai, 138. The temple servants, let's pause for a second though, because remember when we talked about the, the Levites last week, uh, we discussed about how uh, Nehemiah had set up the second level of importance. We had the wall finished. He sets up the next level of importance. Then we went back in the scriptures to see that when he did the gatekeepers, the singers, the temple servants, that this all came from the Levites. Now we're actually seeing here directly in this text, inside of the list of genealogy that he has here, talking specifically about this. And he breaks the Levites up into, and you have the Levites and then also the gatekeepers, which is a separate portion of them, the temple servants, and it goes out, right? So the temple servants here, 46. The temple servants, the sons of Zahah, the sons of Asapha, the sons of Taboth, Tabaoth, excuse me, the sons of Karos, the sons of Sai, the sons of Padon, the sons of Lebanon, 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 wow. The sons of Hagaba, the sons of Shalmai, the sons of Hanan, the sons of Gidel, sons of Gahar, sons of Riahai, Ria, Ria. Let's just go with that. The sons of Rezin, the sons of Nakoda, the sons of Gazam, the sons of Azu, Uza, the sons of Pesai, the sons of Besaya, the sons of Min, Minim. The sons of Nephushim, the sons of Bakbuk, sons of Hakufa, the sons of Harher, the sons of Bezlith, the sons of Mahida, the sons of Harsha, the sons of Barkos, the sons of Sisera, the sons of Timah, the sons of Nezai, excuse me, the sons of Hitapha. I want to pause for a second. I know I'm butchering almost all of these, and I know it's it's probably quite humorous. I know I would probably be chuckling at, at how badly I'm doing at this, but I think it's important. I, most pastors that I've seen in most churches that I see that do this, they actually will skip the list. They'll say, there's a big list here. Go through and read it for yourself. And a lot of that's because they don't want to butcher the names. But there's power here. And we want to recognize that it's important that we we go through this because we're going to learn something very specific. And it's something very similar to what we learned the last time we went through a long list here in Nehemiah. But it's I think it's important that we actually go through and we don't just completely skip this. There's something specific here that we can glean from this um, that that really helps us. Let's continue here. 57. The sons of Solomon's servants, the sons of Sotai, the sons of Sephireth, the sons of Perida, the sons of Jela, the sons of Darkon, the sons of Gidel, the sons of Sephatiah, the sons of Hatil, sons of Porokareth, Hazabam, the sons of Amon. All the temple servants and the sons of Solomon's servants were 392. So that entire huge list, basically from 
verse 46 all the way up to 59. All of this entire group put together is 392 people. Okay, verse 61. The following, the following were those who came up from Tamel, Tamela, Telharsha, Sherub, Edon, Emir, and Emir. But they could not prove their father's houses, nor their descent, whether they belonged to Israel. So they're saying that these people might not even be Jewish. They might not be actual Israelites, but they came up with them. And they might have come up with them uh, just as as more sojourners or uh, people who, you know, man, we've already had a hard time. We're ha- we saw a, a means to get out. We told them we were part of your people. Uh, maybe their neighbors were, and then they died, and they assumed their identities. We don't know. We don't know. In fact, even at this point, Nehemiah is saying, I don't even know. They can't prove it. We we don't know the, the long lineage. Like maybe they just didn't know the family line far enough back to be able to, to prove that they were part of that family line. So he's saying, we couldn't prove it. But th- here's the list anyway, because they came back. They came here anyway, so here's, here they are on the list. Okay? The, so verse 62. The sons of Deliah... Sons of Tobiah, the sons of Nekedah, 642. Also of the priests, the son of Hobiah, sons of Hakoz, the sons of Bar- Barziah, Barzillai, Barzillai, however you say this, who had taken a wife of the daughters of Barzillai, the Gileadite, who was called by their name. These sought their re- registration among those enrolled in the genealogies, but it was not found there. So they were excluded from the priesthood as unclean because cleanliness is huge. The governor told them that they were not to partake of the most holy food until a priest with Urim and Thummim should arise. Okay. Verse 66. The whole assembly together was 42,360. Okay, stop. We talk the whole assembly. This is now. This is debatable whether this is only the men because this was literally just the sons. However, when it talks about the whole assembly, I'm tend to in, to believe that this includes the the men, the women, and their children. Okay, so men, women, children, most likely the entire grouping is forty two thousand. Now the the town that they rebuilt will hold substantially larger than that. And it's designed to be substantially larger than that. And that's why he was saying that it was massively underpopulated, okay? Because we only had 42,000 people come back and there should probably be four or 500,000 people in that town, maybe, somewhere around there. So uh, there's this is massively underpopulated, okay? 67, besides their male and female servants. So they did some, which I found this really interesting, even though they were taken out in captivity because the Jewish population, they're so well-educated. They were so hard, such hard workers. They were uh, usually bi and trilinguals. They, they, had, they were so well-rounded that very often they were allowed to be put in, well, in servanthood positions, high-ranking positions, right? You can go through scripture. You see this all over the place where they were put into higher-end positions and so had the opportunity to get servants of their own and when they left, they were allowed to take their servants with them, which is fascinating to me. So besides their male and female servants, of whom there was an additional, there were 7,337. Okay, so pretty close, pretty close to 50,000 people came back. 
Okay, 50,000 people came back, just under, but we'll just say 50,000. And they had 245 singers, male and female. Okay, so that's right, puts that right up there at that number, 50,000. Their horses, 736. Mules, 245. Their camels were 435. And their donkeys, 6,720. Okay, so pretty close to what, 8,000? right around 8,000 um, rideable and uh, animals that would be able to bear a, a load and bear a burden, right? Animals of burden, beasts of burden. Okay, so we have, it's not, those mainly don't fall into that category, but I'm just saying that because they can they can haul, uh, they can put, um, they can haul loads, they can haul people, they can do different things. Okay, so they were to help them get through and get back to Jerusalem and to Judea. All right, uh, 70. Now, some of their the heads of fathers' houses gave to the work. Okay, they gave money, right? Gave to the work. The governor gave to the treasury 1,000 derricks of gold. Now, we're going to pause right here because there's a couple discrepancies. Depending on what you read, what a derrick is. Okay, so there's there's two different things that I've been able to scrape together here as to what an actual... Let's see what page is that on. It's right here. Uh, as to what an actual derrick is. So derricks, um, most likely, so I have one piece that doesn't actually break down the derricks. It just says that that many derricks is about nine pounds, what we would equate to about nine pounds. However, where I have found that it is broken out, a derrick is approximately a quarter of an ounce, okay, a quarter of an ounce or 8.5 grams, which actually is also different. And if you go by a quarter of an ounce, it ends up being roughly 16 pounds of gold. Okay, 250 ounces, 16 pounds of gold. Just give it a take. Okay, then if you go by 8.5 grams, it ends up being just over 18 pounds of gold. So it's somewhere between 10 and 20 pounds of gold, which is an extreme amount of gold, right? There's a lot of gold. So the governor gave to the treasury 1,000 derricks of gold. So basically... Since we're coming here in America and we're going to go by ounces, you know, we think of, of a Troy ounce of, of things like that. Uh, it's a quarter of an ounce. Just think of that as a quarter of an ounce, okay? So, uh, so a thousand derricks of gold, 50 basins, uh, 30 priests' garments, and 500 minas of silver. Now, again, we needed to know what is a mina uh, when we start talking about uh, the silver. Now, a mina is about a quarter of a pound or 0.6 kilograms, okay? So if that's a, about a quarter of a pound, you get an idea, that's a, that's a pretty substantial amount of silver. Now, silver has always been less valuable than gold, right? Uh, so, But it is still a substantial amount of silver, not to mention the, the 67 priest garments. So, so the priests, the Levites, the gatekeepers, the singers, and some of the people of the temple servants, all of Israel lived in their towns, okay? Nope, did I skip it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. 500 minas of silver. And some of the heads of the father's houses gave to the treasurer the work 20,000 derricks of gold, 2,200 minas of silver. And what the rest of the people gave was 20,000 derricks of gold. So totaled together, 20,000 derricks of gold, uh, 2,000 minas of silver, and 67 priest garments, okay? So um, that's, that's a lot. They, they gave very generously to the project, okay? To the rebuilding of the town, to rebuilding of the temple, um, right? So that... that depending on the list, when they came back, uh, most of that was to, to um, 
allow for things to kind of return to somewhat normalcy, but to rebuild a temple, right? Because uh, Ezra went and rebuilt the temple, then Nehemiah came and rebuilt the town, or excuse me, the wall. And now they're they're gonna we're gonna start seeing where they intermingle and start rebuilding the godliness and start bringing people back. Okay. So and then seventy three. So the priests, the Levites, the gatekeepers, and the singers, some of the people, which is interesting that it says some of the people, the temple servants, and all Israel lived in their towns. And when the seventh month had come, the people of Israel were in their towns. So that is the gist of that section. It is primarily almost all, uh, like I said, almost all genealogy. And I know people are going to ask, what is that seventh month? That would be what we would consider September, October, right around in there. Okay. So September, October. Um, okay. Now this, again, it is all since to co- coincide with what you can see in Ezra. Now Ezra's uh, is in Ezra chapter two. You can see the genealogy uh, report for Ezra there in, in chapter two, if you want to look at that. You're more than welcome. I encourage you to do so. But what can we take away from this? Because it just seems really boring other than the fact that you get to uh, laugh at me stumbling my way through uh, a massive amount of Hebrew names that I clearly am not qualified to pronounce, Um, which is probably why they say, don't say God's name, (laughs) because you're going to get people like me who can't do it. So uh, what do we take from this? Well, there's basically two things that we can essentially take from this. Even when all seems lost, because remember, they were taken out, right? They were beat down, destroyed, decimated. The destruction was intense. I burnt the place to the ground, uh, killed and slaughtered the people, took some for slaves. Like, remember when we went through this in, in uh, the, the first lesson? You might want to go back and, and re-go over that because we go over that into a little bit more detail. It was brutal. It was brutal. Very, very brutal. And so even when all seems lost, we need to remember that God has not forgotten us or even you as an individual, right? He hasn't forgotten his people. So as the Jews, he hadn't forgotten his people, the Jewish people, and he hasn't forgotten his kingdom, right? As Christians, we are part of God's kingdom. We are born again into the kingdom of God. We are his sons and daughters, right? We're not his grandchildren. We're not his nieces and nephews. We're nothing like that. We are brought in and adopted as firstborn children. So children with firstborn privileges, which is huge, absolutely huge. Okay, so we are sons and daughters of God and he has not forgotten us and he will not forget us. Okay, you are not forgotten nor are you forsaken. And I want to take a moment to look at, at Psalm 910 because we haven't done, there's there's only two other verses that we're pulling, which are these two for the entire lesson today uh, because this is mainly just genealogy. But still, we want to look at this and get this concept. Psalm 910, and those who know your name put their trust in you for you, O Lord, have not forsaken those who seek you. You've not forsaken those who seek you. Jeremiah 29, 11, For I know the plans I have for you, declares the Lord, plans for welfare and not for evil, to give you a future and a hope. Okay? Even though things seem bad, even when things seem like they can't get any worse and like God has completely turned his back, we need to remember he's not forgotten us. He has not forsaken us. He's not forsaken or forgotten his people. And he's not forgotten or forsaken you as an individual. Hang tight. Okay. And secondly, we need to keep our eyes on Jesus throughout both the good times and the bad times. Sometimes it's really easy to focus on Jesus in the bad times because there's no other way through it. 
and it's easy to just neglect him when it's good. Other times, it seems like it's very obvious that it came from God, and so it's easy to focus on God through the good times, and then when things get bad, I go, I, you can't forgive me for this. There's no way. And then just try to make things even worse. Just try to, to turn away and say, I, I've walked away and I can't, be, I can't go back. We have to make sure that we keep our eyes on Jesus, on God throughout the entirety. Good, bad, middle of the road. It's fine. Keep your eyes where they need to be, which is on Christ, okay? Remember that you are in God's kingdom and he knows how to do what's best for the long term. What's best for you as an individual? See, this is, this is one of those things that always gets me with that verse when people start going, oh, it's always for, he does it for the good. Yes, but it's for the good of, is it always just you? Or is it the good for everyone? Is it good for the overall? And if it's good for you, which I do believe that it is also good for you, is it just good for you right now? Sometimes he plays the long-term game and we struggle a little bit on the short term so that we get what we need for the long term because he has a plan that goes beyond and we have to trust God through the tough times, realizing that he has not forsaken us, he has not left us to rot, that he's there for us so that that plan can come to completion and it works out in the long run, okay? He knows what to do and what's best for the long term. He sees beginning to end. He does not get lost in the forest for the trees like we do. He knows we have to trust him and what's going to happen, okay? So trust God through it all. And I think we can all agree that with, and I try really, really hard not to go into political stuff at all on this show, but it doesn't matter which direction you go, that is something that we can all look for. It doesn't matter, especially right now with everything in the air. No, God watches the long term and he has a plan for the long term. Okay, honor God, love God, honor God, trust him and follow him. God, I want to thank you for today and for this, this lesson. It's kind of an awkward lesson to think that we can actually pull that you don't forget us out of this because it's so easy to look at, at, at these lists, these genealogy lists in the Bible and say, there's nothing for me to pull here. But there is. You've shown us. You don't forget. You don't forget your people. You don't forget the good things that we've done, even when they're small. You don't forget your people. You don't forsake your people. You have a plan for the long term. You had a promise of the Messiah coming. And you made it happen. You made this stuff come together and you made this happen. God, we're trusting you right now. With everything going on in the world, we put our trust where our trust needs to be. And that is in you. Help us keep our eyes on you. God, help this be a time where your people, where your church comes together and honors you and shows the world who you are and what you want your church to be about. Be with us. In Jesus' name. Amen. Well, hey guys, thank you so much. Um, at least here in the Boise area, we're looking at a temperature drop and a weather shift happening this late afternoon, early evening. Uh, potential of snow and everything coming on this weekend. So you know what? Take care. Um, if you went and washed your car today, I'll blame it on you later. It's fine. Don't worry about it. But uh, hey, have a great weekend and we will talk to you guys next time. God bless.